Hello, and welcome to Movie Remake Time, a Filmmaker's Compass podcast, where we take remakes, reboots, and sequels and ask the very simple question, who did it best? I'm CP. This is my awesome co-host, D-Man, who I'm sure is very psyched to be doing this episode because he's psyched to do every episode. D-Man. Yeah, I, I think the movies we're going to be uh, taking a look at today are pretty interesting because we're going to be discussing a, not it's like a soft reboot sequel again, but it really is like a remake. And that was the intention when it was made. So we're going to take a look today at 1983's John Hughes classic Vacation versus the 2015 remake, soft reboot, <laughs> Vacation. So exactly. aptly titled, yeah, aptly titled exactly like it's a derivation. And I'm interested to get your thoughts on the new one, because I know you and I have talked, you know, just walking around campus in college and we've watched it together, the original, and we love it. So I want, I'm very curious to see what your thoughts are on the remake and the attempt that was made, which I don't think went so well. Um, it's worth bringing up that, you know, I think there was kind of a planned, not necessarily a franchise, but they were going to try to get some sequels out of this reboot and it didn't necessarily go the way they hoped. So the original, as I said, is a John Hughes film starring yep. Chevy Chase, Beverly Giangelo, and the new one stars Ed Helms. And what's the actress's name? I can't remember her name. Christina Applegate. Yes. Christina Applegate. So with cameos from a lot of the original cast and some old pictures from, you know, that I was actually surprised the 2015 one got a ton of big name actors in the movie. A lot oh, of yeah. comedians. Exactly. So I'm not going to run through them all, but I mean, there was just, there was a lot of people that showed up, which kind of made it fun in a way. Cause it was you're never sure who you were going to see next on screen. It was fun. Right. Yeah. Like that made it a little interesting. But when we look at the two movies, I think starting off culturally, you know, it's worth acknowledging that the first one was, along with the, uh, the piece that was written for National Lampoons, was huge for John Hughes' career. Exactly. Uh, the original screenplay, which he wrote, was based on his short story, Vacation 58, which audience, if you get the chance to read it, I mean, it's John Hughes. You know, Dustin and I love John Hughes. We think he's a brilliant writer. And... This short is actually just a great piece of nostalgia and it's, it's classic John Hughes in, in terms of the themes and the tropes. And it's what inspired the original film. Right. And I believe Vacation 58 is John Hughes family's trip to Disneyland. Right. And that's yeah. what the whole reference point is. And then for the movie, they create the fictional Wally world, which when you watch it is very clearly uh, inspired by Disneyland. Exactly. I mean, to the fact that the founder of Wally World is also named Roy, much like, you know, Roy Disney, the founder of Disney World. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting because not only was this a huge movie and, you know, big moment in John Hughes career, but it was also kind of a big moment for Chevy Chase, which a lot of people, you know, he was already a, an established star coming off SNL and he's been in other movies. But I mean, this really cemented his kind of a uh, franchise and leading man status to the degree that you know he was you know I, I think if you ask anyone what Chevy Chase's most famous character is it's probably Clark Griswold and the Griswolds you know they yeah. became kind of like a household name through uh the vacation series and 
not only that, we got the song Holiday Road, which the new one incorporates along with cameos from the original cast. Yep. And I think that, you know, there was there was a lot that was in this movie, you know, that people remember that really stands out. I think the Ferrari girl, that was uh, Christy Brinkley. Yep. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Like that was huge. I don't know. I mean, I watched the movie now and I'm like, it's it's such a tiny little portion of the film she keeps popping up throughout the movie and they keep hinting that maybe maybe you know she might you know take off her clothes and jump in the pool but <laughs> you know it leads to a great comedic scene with clark and all that but you know there was there was just so much from the original movie that sort of got embedded in our culture you know speaking of sequels and all that you know we ended up getting christmas vacation which is now a uh you know yearly classic holiday classic mm-hmm. if not some people's favorite christmas movie i mean christmas vacation is great and you know we're not here to talk about that but the original spawned that so it's worth noting i think that culturally yeah the griswolds are in our living room or our bedroom wherever you watch tv every single year yeah and who hasn't you know done a family road trip at some point it doesn't have to be a cross-country road trip but it's very relatable right yeah yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think culturally, I mean, the first one was incredibly relevant. And yeah, I mean, the new one, mm, <laughs> kind of tough. I think it was supposed to be a great vehicle, you know, pun for Ed Helms, but <laughs> it didn't really seem like it turned out that way. Well, and obviously the vi- the original vague, uh, vacation film spawned as you said, a successful franchise where we ended up getting like five or six sequels and spinoffs. So I think that Warner Brothers was thinking that they could just capitalize that and continue making New Vegas films or vacation films, despite the fact that it was a new cast. And the problem is, I mean, you can even see when the 2015 vacation ends, it's setting itself up for a sequel to European vacation. Right. And I don't think that's going to pan out. Yeah. You know what, what was interesting was like we said, it's, it's actually a reboot. They're trying to create a new family that we can follow on trips, probably around the world. And hopefully, Mm -hmm. you know, hoping that they can get, you know, more franchise movies and, and all of that out of, out of this, you know, kind of reboot, yeah. but I don't know what it, it doesn't quite work in the sense that it doesn't have that classic kind of heart that I think John Hughes brings to these projects. And it feels much more like most reboots do. They're just stealing some of the best elements for, you know, they're rehashing some of the best things from the original, but it doesn't have that same quality. I, and it's a quality that you can't often uh, describe in words. It's just something that you feel. Well, it, so much so that the film is even aware of it. Before they embark on their family trip, Ed Helms tells his family, he's like, hey, I did this before, but it was different, right? Instead of two boys, we had a boy and a girl, and we did this, and we did this, and we did this. And as we're going through the film, we're revisiting things that we saw in the original Vegas, right? Mm -hmm. Ferrari girl comes back, Hannah Davis this time, but still Ferrari girl. We go to the Grand Canyon again. We end up at Wally World. So 
they're very conscious about cueing us back into the things that we love about the original vacation movie. The problem just is it, it doesn't have the same heart, as you said. I think part of that is, is John Hughes writing. I think part of that is Harold Ramis as a director. He understands okay. comedy really well. And part of this film, I felt, was it wasn't really sure of what it was and who the character Ed Helms was trying to be. Yeah, well, it's interesting because I guess if you look at the story from the original, Clark Griswold really is trying to just give his family that magical family road trip, you know, that he always had, right? That Mm -hmm. he envisioned for himself. And in the new one, it's weird because while Ed Helms does do that, his motivation is actually slightly different as Rusty. It's actually to work on his marriage. Yeah. Which the original one is, I guess, rooted in that family aspect. This one, he's like, the afterthought is like, hey, maybe if we go on this road trip, like our sons will like get along better. But that's kind of like an afterthought. The whole point is he's like, hey, I want to do something with my wife and my family that's memorable that, that I can share with them. And hopefully it will help my marriage, which in the end, it actually does because he comes to realize that like, you know, there's a lot of things they can work on, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think when you, when you make it more about the marriage and not about the family, that might be where that little bit of disconnect is. That makes sense. No, I think that's part of it. Um, Ed Helms is in a very weird role. I kept watching it and thinking, had his character been tweaked slightly, I think the film would have been more effective, right? As a father figure, Chevy Case Chase's Clark Griswold is very understandable, right? He's a suburban guy mm-hmm. who his, his character traits are, he always wants everything to be perfect and he always wants to top his expectations. And that's what leads to his own downfall. He yeah. gets so caught up on trying to make everything perfect that he misses the good and ends up landing on his face multiple times. Rusty's character never quite has that trait. We don't really know who he is as a father. We don't really know who he is as a husband. We know he's insecure. We know he's awkward. But at the same time, I think it's a comedic fail because Ed Helms is not this loving, supportive father who just wants the best for his kids, like, say, Steve Martin and Father of the Bride. Right. Okay. But he's also not this good-natured, but I'm just going to totally constantly ruin everything despite my good intentions, father, like maybe Eugene Levy in American Pie. And in fact, there's scenes where I I think about the scene where he's trying to wingman for his son at the spa. Uh And you just realize it really comes down to, I don't know what the tone they were going for. And I'm like, okay, if we had had a different type of father character written here, it would have landed better. Instead, all these scenes, you see there's great setup, there's good potential going to the sorority house, right? All these things, yet they just never manifest themselves in the right way. And I think a lot of it is not knowing who that character is and allowing him to play out in natural ways. What's interesting too, you bring up, is the concept of like, do you think the movie may have succeeded more if they had finally maybe been brave enough to step away from the Griswolds and the lineage and just did like a hard reboot with a new family. They're not going to Wally world. They can go to Disneyland. They, you know, wherever 
Do you think if you shed those elements from the original and just went for a full reboot, it might have ended up better? Because I feel like what you're saying is Ed Helms, in a way, they got stuck between trying to create his own unique character, but also having him just fill that Clark role. Yeah. And it doesn't work. I mean, you're probably right. They could have done it better if they had just removed it completely. Which, you know, it's interesting because when I look at the comedy from the film, I actually did enjoy most of the comedy, not all of it. There was one joke where like the Ferrari girl like gets hit by a semi, which I was like, that's dark. (laughs) Yeah. But a lot of it I did find pretty funny. So I want to give a, you know, a nod to the new one. They're both hilarious, but I did actually enjoy some of the comedy. I do like Ed Helms timing and sarcasm. And I, I think that he's a, you know, he's a talented actor. Like you said, I think if he just maybe was freed up from having to play kind of Clark's role and trying to do this other thing, mm-hmm. it might've worked slightly better. Yeah. But generally speaking, like I enjoyed the comedy. Like I said, one thing that ended up being really fun was just the, uh, you know, having different comedians pop up in different roles. Like Charlie shows up, you know, as the uh, Whitewater Rapids, yeah, you know, host. And like, it's literally just a gag scene because he's like, you know, oh, I'm engaged. And then he gets a call and his fiance like breaks up with him over the phone. And then you're like, <laughs> he's yeah. just like some guy who you're like, yep, don't get in that raft with that guy. <laughs> no, I, but- I love the four corners scene where they go to four, the four corners and all these different comedians pop up as different cops from different states. I think that's really well played out. And again, you take advantage of some awesome cameos. Yeah. And I, that to me was fun. I, I actually think they use that well in the new one. And then you have Chris Hemsworth kind of playing the uh, cousin Eddie role, I guess, technically he's not, he's not a, uh, you know, rehash of cousin Eddie. He's like a totally different character, but that's kind of his, you know, yeah. role. Yeah. So, and it wasn't as iconic as Cousin Eddie, but I do have to give, you know, again, a a tip of the cap to Chris Hemsworth, who is continually hilarious. I don't know. He has great timing. Yeah, he's he's really funny. And he actually makes that role, in my opinion, like memorable in the sense that you can't help but when you think of that movie, you can't help but remember his character. He was a highlight, Mm -hmm. I think, of it. Exactly. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, I, you know, one element that I don't know worked was the Ron Livingston character. I mean, he was in the movie, obviously, just for the payoff of being able to allow Rusty to step up and, you know, become a man. Yeah. But it felt, uh, that to me felt a little derivative. No, I agree. I mean, I was like, I mean, I'm, Ron Livingston's hilarious. So I was like, man, they really put him in the role of like, just, you know, the foil to Rusty just for that. It didn't seem like he popped up enough or had a big enough of a role to be worthy of that moment. To no, me. you're right. As if, as if repeatedly Rusty kept encountering him on their journey across country and being bested at every opportunity. Yeah. Right. Like, and so it, because he just shows up at the end, it's almost like the movie acknowledges this because he like walks past Rusty and he doesn't even know who he is. And then he's like, Oh, econo wear guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, it's just some guy that was, you know, at best kind of a jerk, but not, I don't know if, you know, you're just going to start kicking people's asses in line at Wally world. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but yeah, it, it just doesn't seem like it worked out as they intended. It almost feels as an afterthought. 
Yeah. And then I liked too, you know, the eighties original, you know, a lot of what they were doing, they had some adult themes. Like I liked that Clark and Rusty like share a beer. Um, I like, they brought like the grandma, which I always forget that, but she's pretty funny. And that's I and I think that's probably one of the most iconic scenes from the entire movie when they put the dead body on the car. Yeah, like I don't know. That to me, I it's weird because when I think of vacation, that's not I normally think of like cousin Eddie or something like that. Then I was like, oh shoot, I forgot about that. So they bring the grandma. I think you know, Aubrey when she's hanging out with her Audrey when she's hanging out with her cousins, they smoke cigarettes or something. You know, they're like exploring some of this kind of youthfulness, like, hey. I think they, the boys look at like porno magazines and all that. So yeah, they're, they're trying to inject a little bit more of, you know, coming of age, I guess. Yeah. Into the youthful characters where in this one, in the new one, I feel like what they're doing is just talking about their relationship, which one of them is just a bully. And the other kid just needs to learn up to learn to stand up to the bully. And I don't know that that worked as well because they with the older son they try to have him like talking to this girl multiple times throughout and that has the element kind of of coming of age yeah but the the relationship with his brother i don't know it felt weird to me like the little kid being such a bully i was like i, I don't know I, i'm not i'm not sure where it comes from or why he would have that mm-hmm. so he just kind of seemed mean to me so i mean i wanted to punch the kid yeah, it's it's really awkward. I also think there's kind of a weird dynamic between Rusty and his wife versus Clark and his wife that doesn't yeah. hold up the same. Well, I think it has to do a little bit with like the marital issue that the film is really trying to dive into. But it doesn't where... lean into it enough. Yeah, they, they to make it an issue. Well, the problem is they don't actually make it like, quote unquote, an issue until about two thirds of the way through the movie. Yeah. She's just kind of like, you know, I've always wanted to take a trip to Paris. Like, it'd be nice if we could get away as adults. But then later they're like, oh, you know, she's like reading a book called like, is your marriage dying or something? Mm -hmm. And you're like, holy crap. Like, you're honestly thinking like this marriage is not in a good space. But when the movie started or when they go on the vacation, I was like, I didn't think you guys were at that point, but maybe that works in a way because that's, you know, kind of Clark's POV too. I don't think he sees it that way. True. So that may actually pay off. It's just one of those things where I, I didn't get that vibe and they had those moments where they kind of hint at it. Instead, it felt like she was more like the wife who was like, you know, Hey, I've just, you know, we keep doing the same mundane thing all the time. We should switch it up. Yeah. So I don't know. And then, you know, when you take a look at this story, it really is derivative of the original. You know, we kind of hinted at that earlier in our discussion. It doesn't necessarily like reach the heights because I think it leans so much into the original, you know, the reveal of the original um, station wagon, right? That's a nostalgic moment kind of for fans And it does pay off in that, you know, if a character was talking to their dad and he kind of gave them the old station wagon from their childhood, we don't have to have seen the original vacation to understand a moment like that. But it it is paying off for fans of the franchise. Yeah. Yeah. And I think 
you know, they're, they're doing a remake, but I think that at the end of the day, when it comes to the story, I think it may have been just a little bit stronger of a story if they had deviated from the whole Wally world and trying to hit some of the, some, some of the same beats from the original. I, I agree. Um, and I think when we compare it to the original, what works perfectly is it's all building, right? All of these minor setbacks and complications and disasters that they face are really building to the final moment when Clark gets to Wally world and he essentially goes, goes mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that the Wally world moment in the first film is so much more powerful because right. This is the goal. This is what he wants for his family. This is the, you know, die, you know, we're no matter what die trying, we will be at Wally world. We're not going to let car crashes. We're not going to let, you know, losing our money. We're not going to let people dying get in the way of this. Yeah. We are going to make it to Wally world. And so when they get there, you know, and, Harold Ramis does a great job of playing this out where they're, we're just living in this moment as they're running through the gate only to be disappointed to find out that Wally world is closed. It's such a gut punch for the characters. And as the audience are like, Oh man, they went through all of that for this. And then we see Clark's descent. We see him come back with the gun. And I think that that plays off very well as an ending versus the other one where we get to Wally world, right? We try and tap into the same sense of nostalgia and wonder that is in the first one doesn't deliver in the same way they get there, they get on the ride. And I guess kind of the gotcha moment from Wally world is the ride breaks down. I just don't think it's as powerful. And again, it has nothing to do truly with the actions of rusty Clark takes action when he sees it, right? He decides he's going to take the security guard hostage and they are going to go on the rides. Yeah. Hell or high water, they are enjoying Wally World. Also, how awesome was John Candy as that security oh, guard? Fantastic. <laughs> I actually think it's very funny. Um, in Vacation, he plays Russ Lasky. But hmm. if you recall, in Home Alone, he plays Gus Polanski. And I was wondering if John Hughes was doing a little... I also like they they mentioned I don't know why this is but they mentioned Sheboygan and <laughs> yeah, it just right. reminds me of that John Candy quote from Home Alone when she's like he's like yeah we, we've sold a bunch of albums she's like oh here in Chicago he's like no Sheboygan <laughs> Sheboygan we're real big in Sheboygan like great line and it was just funny because they I mean when do you ever hear that Sheboygan. location yeah dropped I was like yeah they did it again here hashtag shout out to Sheboygan we're talking about you on our show right now yeah so I have to agree. I think the ending was definitely more powerful than the original. And even though I did like the resolution they got for uh, Rusty and his wife in this one, like they finally do kind of get to an actual resolution. But again, it it plays off the Wally World ending as the family resolution, but the actual story arc has to do with their marriage. It's not this family unit thing. Even yeah. though they do come together, which is cool, yeah. it's like the, the real resolutions in this other spot. And Clark does have that real, or not Clark, Rusty does have that realization and, you know, decides to take action in his marriage and start to, you know, basically be a better husband. So I, I think that paid off in the end and it was somewhat satisfying. It's just not as powerful as the, the whole family thing at the end of the original Clark going mad. No, I agree. 
So, and then, you know, I'm a dog guy and the original, <laughs> they, <laughs> they killed the dog. You know, they, both these movies kind of had a kind of a dark sense of humor in that regard. They, yeah. you know, Clark ties the dog up to the back of the car and they take off and then they just see the collar. Yeah. They're like, Oh God, that yeah. was another moment, you know, like the Lamborghini girl in the new one where she gets hit and he like looks back and sees smoke. I was like, ah, it's not hilarious. Yeah. Kind of sad. Yeah. Were there any scenes that you thought were an interesting addition to the remake? I'm again, there's so many classic and, you know, iconic scenes from the original. Are there any that you thought were a nice addition to the vacation, you know? Yeah, universe? the Chris Hemsworth stuff. Okay. Um, I really, because that going there plays into the tension between them and their marriage. And yeah. I think that scene plays into the overall arc where something like the whitewater raftings, like I described earlier, was more of a gag scene. It doesn't actually have anything to do with the overall arc. It was just in there to be funny and to give, you know, Charlie Day a chance to shine in the movie. And, you know, mm -hmm. it was funny, but I liked the Chris Hemsworth stuff because it feels like if you were going to keep this franchise going, he will probably show up again, you know. You and you bring up a great point too, right? If we're going to introduce the quote unquote cousin Eddie character to, to Clark in the new one, he's an interesting foil in the sense that in most cases you would think that they would make him be dumber and more backcountry and more of a hillbilly than cousin Eddie in the remake. Or, and this time they kind of take it in a different direction. He's more successful than Rusty. He's better looking than Rusty. He's got a six pack instead yeah. of Rusty. <laughs> and all these things make the character unique and interesting and a foil in a different way than with the original one. So I would agree. I think that that was a good addition. Most of the other gags felt gaggish. Um, I didn't mind it since they're leaning into the whole Griswold, you know, mythology here. Like I didn't mind that like uh, Clark and, you know, his mom and dad show up. I thought it was cool. It was, it was interesting to see them. I mean, it's crazy how much, you know, Chevy Chase has aged <laughs> since the, you know, Vegas vacation, I think, or whatever the last one was. I think Vegas vacation was the last one in like 97. Yeah. So, you know, he's definitely, he's looking a little different in this version, but he still kind of embodies that kind of Clark Griswold. The, the moment he like takes the guitar out of the case was very Clark. Like, Oh yeah. 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 He's clumsy, but you know, he's reverent to like, Ooh, this is like a really important thing. And while he's doing it, he's, he always everything. has good intentions, but things just go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought he had a really powerful line and it probably should come from the dad of, you know, Rusty's dad or whichever, you know, in this case it is Clark from the original, but even if it's not, you know, the dad is like, you know, Hey, it's all about the journey, but not the destination. But he's like, you know, the journey is what makes the destination worth it. If you quit early, then the journey's not worth anything. It's just a bad, it's just a bad time. Yeah. He's like, but if you get to Wally world and you know, you get to enjoy, then it becomes more and you'll remember it fondly, even though, cause that's really the theme at the end of the day of the vacation movies is that, you know, we all want things to be perfect. Right. Yeah. And Clark embodies it. I think it's in Christmas Vacation where his coworker tells him, you know, Clark, you're the last true family man. 
And that's really what it's about is trying to give your family this perfect experience. But the thing about all of these experiences and vacations and holidays and all that is that most of the time, the things we remember are the crazy things that happened. Yeah. The things that went wrong, like, Oh my God, I can't believe we did that. Like, that's crazy. We don't remember that we, you know, we don't remember things being perfect. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's kind of the theme. And and I do think the new one captures that theme. I just think it might've been a little bit better if it was maybe centered more on the family. Yeah. And that's really it, but I found Fair it enough. funny. Yeah. I found it funny. I, you know, I, we get to the end of the discussion and it's like, which one did it better? I'm like, well, obviously I think the original one did it better. Um, it was more iconic. It's just as funny. And I think the story was a little bit more powerful, but I was surprised myself that I did not hate the new one. I thought I was going to hate it. Really? I was not a fan. I was not a fan. I did not hate it. I actually enjoyed it. I laughed out loud a couple of times. I thought there were some good jokes in there. Um, Like I said, I think Ed Helms isn't miscast at all. I liked Christina Applegate. I think they had, you know, kind of a decent relationship in the movie. It was, it was more so just, I think the, the story was focused on this, this marriage element throughout the movie. And I don't know that that was the, the right structure to capture the heart of what the original one was about. Fair enough. Um, all right. I mean, I pretty much already tipped my hand here. I was not a fan of the remake. Uh, this was my first time seeing it and I don't plan to see it again. Well, I thought there were some good jokes. I enjoyed the scene where they end up, where they go to the, uh, you know, to the hot springs. I enjoy oh, yeah. the scene in the desert where, um, you know, Rusty keeps kicking everything that is hidden behind tumbleweeds. I thought that was a funny gag. I just don't, didn't find it funny in the same way. I thought the jokes in some ways felt very forced. And more importantly, the original one, while it is, it is funny throughout it, the new one does not have the icon, you know, the iconic scenes and it doesn't have the heart. Um, in my opinion, I think if you want to watch a road trip vacation movie and for some reason you're opposed to watching the original vacation, just watch RV or We're the Millers or Road Trip because all of those are that same kind of element of, of, of adventure and mishap, but they all did it better than this did where it was a kind of a weak well, I mean, not even kind of, a very weak attempt to recapture the glory of a great, you know, memorable film. Yeah, and I mean, Vacation does have its spot and uh, there's, you know, a genre of film, the road trip genre. You know, this, it didn't invent it and it won't be the last one, but it's usually at the top of the list. And yeah, the remake, you know, didn't make it to the top. <laughs> so, you know, but... I think vacation is worthy of all the the praise it gets. And it was, you know, one of those things It actually, you know, I don't know why, but whenever people talk about the original vacation, you always say national lampoons vacation. Yeah. That's a good point. I never thought about it, but yeah. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, it's weird because I think that might even be the title officially actually national lampoons. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, Avengers was like Marvel's Avengers technically, which is weird. I don't know why they, I don't know why they tried so hard for that, but yeah. So anyway, that really ends the discussion. 
I would like to hear from people if you've had a chance to see the remake, because I don't think a lot of people saw it. So if any of our listeners have actually, you know, given it a viewing, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. And maybe I guess the question I'll leave is, okay, here's what I'm going to leave with. All right. Should they make a sequel to the new one? Do you think they can do it better? I and, mean, okay, okay. I'll throw that out to our listeners too. Let us know. But I want to get your opinion right now. I mean, do you think they should make another sequel? Because it seems like the, the franchise kind of died after this one. It wasn't very successful. But what if they like gave it one more shot? I think they could totally do it. And I think it would be worth doing. Obviously, it's setting it up for, you know, Euro Vacation Part 2. Why not? If you should take they remake the cast back. Christmas Vacation? No, don't touch Christmas <laughs> Vacation. Um, you can obviously watch both these films on HBO Max. And, and yeah, be sure to keep the conversations going. Follow us on social media. You can go to Google, type in Filmmakers Compass Podcast. We're listed there in all the major podcast directories and our social links are there as well. You can follow me at Big Kid D-Man. You can follow CP at NDCal5. And I'll throw it over to you, CP. Awesome. Thank you for checking in for this episode. Next time, uh, next week, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're not going to do a comedy. We are actually going to be comparing two superhero films. Yes. X-Men, The Last Stand, which is the concluding film of the original X-Men trilogy, and to the most recent X-Men film, X-Men Dark Phoenix, which is the concluding film of the secondary trilogy Tr trilogy with four <laughs> movies i don't know what you call that four movies i don't know yeah but i we'll hope that you check it out in the meantime keep watching movies and we'll see you next week